where you live shouldn't limit your access to quality internet. That's not fair. U.S. Cellular introduces fast and fair high-speed internet. With reliable home internet from U.S. Cellular, now there's no limit to how you stream, game, and work. So instead of this, you get this. Upgrade to fast and fair high-speed internet from U.S. Cellular. Upgrade to fair. wondered how to change the way you think. Well, we're going to find out tonight when you meet my guest, Mary Williams. Hi, I'm Connie Bramer. Welcome to Laughter and Inspiration. Most of you know me as the founder of Get Your Rack Back, or GYRB as we call it for short. It's my foundation that helps cancer patients in upstate New York with financial needs like gas and grocery gift cards and medical co-payment assistance. I started Get Your Rack Back to help bridge the gap for patients who are having to choose between putting food on the table for their families and paying for their treatment. We want to help them in any way that we can financially. So right now with the pandemic, we have not been able to do much of anything with our fundraising efforts as far as holding events because there's limitations on crowds. So I've been very grateful to all of our donors who have been helping us through this time because the cancer patients are still coming. People are still in need of help. So if you want to have more information about Get Your Rack Back, you can go to gyrb.org. I'm also the author of How Connie Got a Rack Back and a contributing author to The She Shift, Chaos to Clarity and Crappy to Happy, which is a book that's coming out in October. I hope you'll look for that because it's going to be a lot of fun to read. So before you meet Mary, I have a few things I need to tell you about her. She is, well, one thing, she's from across the pond in the UK and I love listening to her accent. Like that's the best thing. Um, she's known as the mind architect where her goal is to help people become the best version of themselves. And I really can't wait to hear what she has to say about that. Cause I think that's incredible. She is a therapist, a coach, a mediator, and she's a qualified cognitive hypnotherapist. She has frequented the BBC with, with interviews on the radio. And this month she's launching her podcast, The Alternative Leader. She also has a book coming out the, near the end of the year called The Alternative Leader. So I can't wait to hear more about what she has to say about you know hypnotherapy and all of the things about the mind architect. So welcome to the show, Mary. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> it's nice to see you. Now, for people who don't know, I met Mary last year because you interviewed me when you were doing, what, 100 interviews in 100 yeah, days? Yeah, and do you know, I think it was two years ago now. Was it really? Time, yeah, I think time's fly, flown past. <laughs> it's flying by while we're having fun. So I have a lot to talk to you about. So the one thing I wanted to get to was you call yourself the mind architect, mm. and you want to help people create the mind that they want, not the mind that they have. So yeah. can you tell us about that, how that works? Yeah. So I think a lot of us, we tend to look at our personalities and just sort of say, you know, this is who I am and, and this is how I am. And, and, you know, whatever, whatever problems that you might have, whether you're stressed or you're anxious or you don't have great self-confidence, we just say, oh, well, that's the way that I am. And actually it just doesn't have to be like that. 
So actually you can create the person that you want to be, because as you said, you know, it's about beliefs and, and how do, what do we believe about ourselves? So I'm just really passionate that actually if people take a kind of, it is a hard look at themselves mm-hmm. and see things about themselves they don't like, that they actually work on it and turn it around and become, as you said, the best version of themselves. And I I'm like just so it. passionate about it. Yeah. Well, you've done a lot of good with what you've been doing and I <laughs> wanted to get to the hypnotherapy. So I'm the person who thinks of hypnotherapy as like laying on a couch in the therapist's <laughs> office and the therapist is going, Condi, you're going to fall asleep in three, <laughs> two, one, or with the, you know, yeah. the pendant, right? That's what we all think yeah. about hypnotherapy, yeah. right? And I will just tell you one quick story. So I think of hypnotherapy kind of in the way of coming out of anesthesia, kind of <laughs> like you're on the edge. So when I was having one of my breast surgeries, I was coming out of anesthesia. I have no recollection of this whatsoever. (laughs) But one of the nurses said, can I get you anything? And I said, yes, a martini. And it it was like, you know, nine o'clock in the morning. But I said that and she told me that later. And I just laughed. I said, I I don't remember doing that. So can you tell us what cognitive hypnotherapy is? Because it's not putting a person to sleep, right? No, it's not. So it's really different. So you're right. Traditional hypnotherapy is is putting people to sleep and then it's quite authoritative so it would be telling them what to do so you will go to sleep so cognitive hypnotherapy is actually it's almost around looking at your language patterns that we use about ourselves Mm -hmm. and and i'm trained in how do i use language to help your brain resolve its own issues so it's it's very non-authoritative which Mm -hmm. i really liked about it and i could do that with you as you are now with your eyes open and just talking to me and you would remember the whole conversation so the reason that I like the difference was it, it pulls from many different disciplines. It doesn't just come from one, but you are completely awake and conscious and in the room and you are resolving your own issues. So it's almost as if I led you through a big house and I just opened the doors for you and you chose which rooms you wanted to go into. That's and, interesting. And so, so it's very different. And so a lot of people who don't like the idea, as I didn't, of being put to sleep and told what to do, actually love cognitive hypnotherapy because it it does go completely into the unconscious and right to the root cause which is why it's fast but you are in control so i always say to people i am i'm sort of the person that opens the doors i'm i'm the, the, the guide speaker. like yeah the guide. Guide, yeah exactly um but you are creating your own solutions and even when people say but i'm not even sure what the problem is i'm like that's fine that's my role is to help you find the problem but it's also my role to enable you to resolve it because how can I judge what is right for you only you right. can do that That's so it's interesting. you know it's it's as you said you know lots of people when I first looked into it I was like oh my god hypnotherapy I'm not interested um and it was it was through being on the course and doing the training and, and experiencing it myself that I was like wow this is this is amazing and well, that's how I got into it I'll tell you what I'll try it <laughs> do you Excellent. do it do you we'll do, do it across session. the do you do it across the pond i do so i've i've had clients in the back of australia and asia yeah. and america and canada and everywhere so because i work by zoom a lot so yeah you must meet tons of interesting people i would imagine yeah absolutely right? absolutely well what do you find that people come to you most with as far as you know circumstances or issues that mm. they want to overcome so some of the most common things are anxiety and stress, um, just a general discontent of life. So even if their life looks really successful to other people, actually them recognizing inside that it's not the way they want it to be. Mm-hmm. Fear of failure, imposter syndrome, um, a really key one, especially at the moment with everybody being on Zoom meetings in the pandemic is worrying about what other people think of them. 
Really? So it's, it's all that real kind of core stuff um, of, of who we are and how we, how we are. Um, and that's, that's the stuff that people come with. Well, I worry about on Zoom calls what people think of me when they hear my dogs barking in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, because that's what's been happening right now. My daughter's dogs are barking. I apologize for that. So you're, you're a life coach. What is your approach to helping people reach their goals as far as being a life coach? So it, it kind of comes back to the Mind Architect title, actually. And so, so for me, what I do is very much a blend of the therapy and coaching together. I wouldn't almost say that I sort of sit in one field or the other. And I think of the Mind Architect as if you had a house and you said to me, as a coach and other therapists, come in and help me work out where to put my furniture and what color shall I paint my walls, then you have a pretty house afterwards and it looks great. But actually, if your house is floating on ice, all of that is entirely pointless and a waste of time. So I see my job as kind of getting down into the kind of dirty foundations with you and making sure that your foundations are really strong and really stable. And then, you know, when you have your foundations in place, you'll know where you want to put your furniture and how to paint your house. So that's a that's, really cool analogy of it. You know, that's what it is. So it's, it's really interesting because sometimes actually it takes a while for other people to notice the difference in my clients. And then suddenly they'll notice because everything in their life changes. But it's that internal sense of I am standing on stable ground here. I know, I know what I want. I know, I know how to cope with pressured situations. I, I know what my plans are for the future. I've got the ability to have good relationships. I communicate well. I'm productive. I'm effective. All of those things come from an internal strength. And that internal strength, if you think about houses, that's your foundations. Right. So I'm all about the foundations. Well, you know, right now we're going through a lot of uncertainty mm. with the pandemic. Um, I don't know how it is for you over in the UK, but here there's a lot of uncertainty with jobs mm. and, you know, because companies are trying to stay afloat, yeah. you know, with PPP loans that we have. And there's just mm. a lot of, everyone's a little riled up. Mm. Mm. And it's hard to calm that inside yourself and then also work on things that you want to work on. So yeah. what is your, what is your advice to people who are struggling right now with, you know, emotionally, mentally, yeah. uh, financially, like what are your, what are your yeah. um, advice? What's your advice for that? So I think it is, it's really similar over here. I mean, I think everybody I know here, their business has been affected or their job's been affected or somebody they know has been affected. Um, so I call it um, learning to be in control of not being in control. That, that's the way that I put it, or living in the gray. Yeah. And, yeah. and what I say to people is just look at the decisions around you that you can make. So I have had a few clients recently who are just in sort of panic that, you know, I have no autonomy left. I have no choice. And I get them to actually map out on the wall on a whiteboard, you know, all the choices they still have in their life, whether it's, you know, tea and coffee um, or it's whether I stay in my job or not. And actually, we do have a lot of control left still. And we have a lot of control about how we manage things. So what is your outlook? So I have people that have been made redundant. And some of them have just gone, wow, okay, this is an opportunity. You know, how am I going to move forward with it? And I think it's, it's about gaining control of your thoughts and your processes. Mm -hmm. And if you can do that and recognize that you do have control, then actually that, that kind of internal fight, flight, freeze response, which is the one that makes you feel anxious, that will drop down and be, be calm. So for me, when, when the pandemic hit and we first were sent into lockdown in the UK, I literally said to all of my clients, I want you to work out what your worst case scenario is. I want you to work out if you lose your job, what happens? If one of you gets ill, what happens? You know, actually, if, if somebody dies, what happens? And have you said all the things you need to say? And that was a discomfort zone to push people into. But actually, the ones that did and then did lose their jobs or somebody got ill, 
they said it was great preparation because then they, they knew what to do when that happened. That's a great idea. That's my tip. That's my tip is get prepared. Well, and it also kind of holds true for the whole cancer journey where I come from, because there's only certain things you can control. So you can only control what you can control. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I want to, I was going to say, that's actually where it started. So yeah. I used to work, work with cancer patients post, post-cancer. And like you say, actually, you, you don't know everything and you don't know the outcome. And so that was where we designed that together. And it's, and it's just brilliant because it maps across you know, every eventuality. Yeah, that's fantastic. This is something a lot of people need to hear. So I'm glad mm. that I have you on the show. I wanted to just digress for one second. Mm. You told me that you had you had, had COVID. How are mm. you feeling? Um, so really strangely, I, it's a funny story. My son came home from university and as he got home, he sort of said to me, mom, you know, I haven't really been social distancing as he'd given me a hug and got in the car. And then he was home for 10 days. These damn knew, kids. I know. And I, I didn't know they're of that age, aren't they? They think they're completely invincible. Exactly. And, um, so when he left, I just had this small cough and I only had it for kind of half a day. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to do a test. And I did a test and I was positive and everybody else in my house was negative. My partner, my kids, everybody was negative. So I have no idea if it came through my son or not. And I spent 10 days kind of, you know, in my room, actually writing my book. And I felt pretty much fine. I mean, you know, a little bit of an upset tummy, a little bit of a headache, you know, nothing that I would normally have even noticed or stopped working for. Um, but it was funny because two weeks afterwards, I've now got really quite bad brain fog. So you might hear me stumble a little bit over mm-hmm. my words and my concentration is down and I'm definitely tired. So by kind of lunchtime, I'm just kind of going, oh, I need to sit down and relax. Um, I, I'm still counting myself incredibly lucky because obviously we're all hearing these really tragic stories. Right. Um, but I think it is really important that people recognize, even if you get it really mildly, there is an impact. Oh, absolutely. Um, there is. Know, and, and, uh, and I think we kind of really didn't know that before. But now, now, if you look in the news, you can definitely see um, that this sort of story is coming out more and more. But, but I'm good. And, and I'm, I'm very much a kind of a positive realist. And so I, I tend to think, you know, actually, these people are a hell of a lot worse off than me. So absolutely. I'm good. I'm good. Absolutely. Well, you look wonderful. I want to tell you <laughs> that you look wonderful. So I wanted to get to your book, The Alternative Leader. Mm. And it's great that you wrote it during some downtime. Like I know how sometimes you got to take, make use of that downtime and yeah. be creative and hats off to you for being able to do that. Cause I normally can't do that. I, I have to like, I have to have a, a, a deadline. Connie, you have to write this by this date. Like that's how I do it. So I can't just like be, I'm one of those people that wrote one, one year when I was in college, I think I was a senior, I wrote two term papers that were due Monday and Tuesday. I wrote them on Sunday. One was 25 pages, one was 10. <laughs> I banged those puppies out, got A's, but I'm one of those under pressure people. So those are, that's how I work with writing deadlines. So that's wonderful that you were able to be creative. So <laughs> tell me about, tell us about your book and about your podcast and like what types of guests and what topics mm. are you going to be addressing? So, so um, the, the podcast came about from the interviews that, that I did on LinkedIn and the feedback I got was we want more and we want to hear your voices of you and your guests. So that, that was the kind of, that's the, the seed of it really. And, uh, and you're right, sort of, you know, as lockdown hit, obviously I think like everybody, you know, that the amount of business dropped down and I thought, okay, you know, I'll use this time to, to get on with the things I want to do. So the podcast launches in September um, and it's basically bringing on, on people from all industries who've had a real challenge. So I've got people who've made millions in business and then lost it all. I've got people who've gone through cancer journeys. Um, I have a Paralympian um, cyclist who's blind um, and he comes on and talks about his journey um, and how it is to cycle blind. 
and the idea is that you know we all have been through challenges and what have we learned through it resilience and our coping strategies and that, that we can listen to these interviews and gain understanding and growth from them so that was the that was the aim of the podcasts um and i'm, I'm really excited to to launch and and i love i've got some a real variety there of bosses who've dropped all their employees to four day weeks and kept their pay the same and like I said, cancer patients and, and people who've lost money and how they dealt with it. And we also, it's very much focused on the emotional journey. Um, so there's some great, there's some great um, stories in there and there's some lovely stories around men and how men deal with failure. Um, so that's been that, great. That'll be, yeah, that'll be interesting to listen to. Real candid yeah. stories. Um, and then, and the book is, is my work really. It's the sort of six principles that I think um, that people need to, to be better. And it's sort of looking at your belief systems. It's looking at how, how is your past still impacting you? Because we tend to act out on our childhood stuff. It's, it's understanding more of the neuroscience. It's looking at your, your kind of behaviors. It's looking at your communication, your decision-making. So it kind of goes into each of those six principles and explains why they're important and looks at case studies. There's lots of, sort of my life story in it too. Um, about you know how I learned all of this stuff um, so I'm really excited to get it out actually it's been I two years <laughs> yeah I can't I can't wait to read it it's so exciting to have that accomplishment of writing a book I remember yeah. when I when I wrote I remember when I wrote the last paragraph of my book I was at a pool at the town <laughs> pool with my kids and I was at a picnic table and I just wrote it and I sat back and my daughter said mom are you all right I said yeah I just think I finished my book no. So I, so this, that feeling is wonderful, isn't yeah, it? It so, is. And, and the reward is when people really love what you wrote. Mm. So you're going to have that. I can't wait to read your book. <laughs> now, one of the things that you talked about was using your memory mm. to help forge a way to get through crisis. Can yeah. you talk about that a little bit? So what it is, is it's looking at, if you look at any crisis, so I, I always have a, a key phrase and my, my key phrase is no one's died. Um, and and, and I, I call it a grounding phrase and I encourage all of my clients to have a grounding phrase. And it just, for me, it just helps you get through any situation. You know, there are going to be times when someone's died. I, I get mm -hmm. that, but, but that's rarer. And, and I think if you can go into any sing, single situation at all and you can just think, okay, the worst thing for me would be this and it's not that. So actually there's just a process here and a solution. And sometimes that solution is, let's say if you're grieving, actually just to allow yourself to grieve. And sometimes there's a very practical solution, right? I need to ring this person or I need to take this action. And so for me, it's looking at what is the next step? And it kind of relates to that being in control of not being in control, just what is the next step? And if you look at, if you look at your memories, often your memories are going to trigger you to behave in one way or the other. So if you can go into those memories and change them and almost sort of convert them, that's a lot of the work I do with clients so that that's a positive memory rather than negative memory then actually it helps your processing be better. So let's say if you have a memory where you failed, so I see a lot of people with imposter syndrome and it often relates back to a childhood memory where there's been some level of failure. But if you could go into that memory and release all of that kind of trauma and that negativity, then when you get into those scenarios as an adult, your brain doesn't pattern match. It doesn't say, okay, this situation equals that one when I was seven. It just right. lets you deal with it as an adult. So your well, memory is so impacting on who you are. Well, it's like having a bad memory of a bee bite, a bee sting yeah. or, a, or a spider exactly. bite. And then all of a sudden you see when you're yeah. like, yeah. you know, it's the same it kind of thing. Yeah. It all, yeah. It, it ingrains in you. A, yeah. You have an experience, a yeah. negative experience. And then anytime that yeah. situation arises for you, it's so true. And, and I think, yeah. you know, I always say to clients, you know, if I banged you on the head hard enough <laughs> and you got amnesia, 
you just wouldn't have any of these worries or any of these thoughts. You're, you're kind of, your personality would be there. And mm-hmm. I talk about this a bit in the book. Um, but actually a lot of the kind of fears that you had, you know, the worries that you have, things like that, they just wouldn't exist because you wouldn't have a reference point. And our problem is when we've carried reference points with us all through our childhood or even, you know, our adulthood experiences we've been through, if we hold on to those reference points, then actually that's the person we become. So it's about being able to have, you know, sort of, I, I say to my clients, I'm going to leave you with a sort of mini coach in your head because when things come up for you, I want you to be able to, to notice it. So I can notice in myself now when I'm triggered and go, oh, that's interesting. I can be triggered. And if I can't work through it myself, I go back to my therapist. That is so interesting. <laughs> It's really thought provoking. I've got a lot of things to think about now. I hope our, I hope our viewers, are, our <laughs> listeners are listening to this. So I always throw out a few questions out to mm. my guests. So here's a question for you. What would you say to your 18 year old self if you could go back in time? I'd say don't get married twice. <laughs> <laughs> so I, interestingly enough, so I got married at 18. Um, I'd already, I'd already got my first daughter. She's now 30. And, um, so I'd had my first child at 17. I got married at 18 and and here's a lovely guy, absolutely lovely guy. But, but, you know, looking back, I recognize that I got married at such a young age because of my childhood issues. And I got married again at 26 for, for another 11 years. So I was married eight years and then 11 years for the same reason. I hadn't really been able to sort it out. And so I would go back to myself and just say, go do the work, go do the therapy, go sort this out, which I was trying to do. But, you know, when you're 18, you know, you're so naive anyway. And I think I just wanted this perfect family. I wanted to belong, which I hadn't grown up with. So I would say, don't get married. (laughs) Don't get married. Go go and get your therapy done. (laughs) Well, I tell my kids, don't get married until, well, one, you're marrying someone that's your best friend. That's something I always tell them. And that they have time to like settle themselves in their careers. They can travel and do stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, that whole conversation is an interesting one, but that's good advice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is interesting. I mean, our brain doesn't fully mature till 25 and I'm seeing a real right. gap in the market between, um, you know, the kids leaving university and now not knowing, you know, what, what are they going to do? And I'm yeah. getting to see a lot of those kind of young leader types who are sort of saying, well, I kind of know what I want, but I don't really know who I am yet. Well, I think it's good that we So I'm going to go home and live with mom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> For a while, right? <laughs> well, I always throw a quote out to my guests mm-hmm. because I don't know if you've been following my Facebook page called Laughter mm-hmm. and Inspiration, but we post, you know, funny quotes and <laughs> inspirational quotes. It's kind of, I want it to be an escape for people. Like you can yeah. just spend, even if you spend five minutes, you scroll through, <laughs> have a couple laughs. Laughter is the best medicine. I truly believe that. That's why I named this laughter and inspiration. So here is the quote I got for you. We can't always choose the music life plays for us, but we can choose how we dance to it. Mm, I think that's lovely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely love that one. It, It actually, it's funny. So it reminds me of a children's book that I used to read to my kids called Giraffes Can't Dance. And it's a beautiful story about a giraffe that goes to this sort of big, uh, it's a festival and all the other animals go and they can all dance better than the giraffe. The giraffe just looks gangly and he can't Mm -hmm. do it. And then on his way, he hears just the music in the trees and the wind and the moonlight. And he just starts to dance and they say, oh, you're actually the best dancer because they all see him. And so that quote really reminds me of that. And I think it's really true because I'm a terrible dancer, (laughs) But, but I dance from my soul. And yeah. from, from my spirit. And, um, and I love that quote. I think that's so true. 
Absolutely. Well, you are supposed to dance like no one's watching, right? Isn't exactly. that a saying? And I do. <laughs> well, you and I talked about before when I when you interviewed me the po- the power of um, gratitude in your life, mm. and that's one thing that I talk to all my cancer patients about when I write them mm. a letter. I say, mm. you know, write down three things that you're grateful for today or every mm. you know every day before you go to bed, because it helps put you in a positive mindset. So what would be your three things today that you're grateful for? For just today or generally in my life? Well, either way, either whatever you want to do. I'm very grateful that I have um, a lot of really close friends. Um, I grew up with quite a difficult childhood and I didn't really have friends as a child at all. So I'm very grateful for the friendship that I have and for just being able to have that 100% honesty that you have with your close friends. So I'm very, very grateful for that. I, I actually feel very grateful for people. I know that probably sounds odd, but I feel that, that as people, we have an energy about us and that mm-hmm. you can almost tune into that energy around the world. And I feel that humanity actually kind of works for the better. Um, you know, we, we tend to want the best for each other. And I feel that if you tune into that, so I'm very grateful that there's so many people out in the world doing so much good, you know, even at a tiny community level or just in their family. I'm mm-hmm. very grateful for those people because I feel like I brought five kids into the world and I want the world to be a better place. I mean, that, that's my whole goal. I love um, that. That's yeah. I just, I just, I'd have, I really love the energy that people give off. Um, and I'm, to be honest, I'm very grateful for my health. I'm, I'm very healthy. I'm 47 and nothing sort of major has gone wrong, but a couple of times in my life, I've had a couple of near misses and, and nearly died. I nearly died in childbirth when I was 17 um, and I had a sort of precancer scare in my early twenties. And so I do feel that each and every day is a gift. And I, I am grateful that every day I wake up and think, you know, today is just him I and mean, the sun is shining here. I have a lovely house. I have lovely friends. I'm very grateful for my life and the opportunities in it really. So yeah, they would be the things that I'd be grateful for. Yeah. I love hearing different people's thoughts on what they're grateful for. Mm-hmm. I think it put, gives a lot of us perspective on things that we mm-hmm. haven't always thought about. So thank mm-hmm. you for sharing that. So <laughs> where can people find you, Mary, online? Like what's the best place? Well, so my website, um, which is www.itsmary-williams.com. And that has links to all of my social media. So I'm just starting out on YouTube, but I'm very much present, as you know, on LinkedIn. Um, And I'm going to be starting a Facebook community too. Um, But I would say go to the website because that will be the kind of, that's the center of everything at the moment. Um, Well, I will, I will. I will tell you this, it is so difficult to create a website. You know, I have one for my foundation. Yours is so beautifully done. I just wanted to say that too. It's just like, I love the layout. So you'll have to check out her, her website guys. So if you want to know more about Mary, myself, or this particular episode, you can go to our interactive show notes on speakingtotheheart.org. Mary, it's been such an absolute pleasure to have you on my show. Like you're (laughs) such a ray of sunshine. Your smile, like shines across the pond. That's great. So thank you for having me. It's so uh, great to catch up with you again. Yes, I know. And we will have to do it again soon. Cause I know that you wanted me to have, wanted me to be on your podcast. So I that'll do. be, that'll be fun. So I always tell people this at the end of my show, my mom had a saying and she said, always leave people better for having known you. And Mary, you have done just that. You're you're a ray of sunshine. So thank you. Well, you too. And I think, you know, I think what you're doing is absolutely amazing. Um, And I actually bought your book for a friend of mine who um, had cancer at the time that we spoke and she found it incredibly powerful. 
Um, So I wanted to say thank you too. Thank you. That makes me happy. You know, when you write your own, when you write your book, like I wrote it to kind Mm. of bury my cancer and Mm. put it in a box and just Mm. be done with it. Mm. But the gift I've gotten from it is that it resonates with people and it's helped people through treatment. And that's that. Thank you for sharing that with me. And you're going to find that with your book too, because (laughs) it, it creates awareness for people. And I think that's Mm. what we're all trying to do is what you were saying with, you know, drawing energy from people. We're all trying to do that. So thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you. It's lovely to catch up. Folks, I'm Connie Bramer. This has been Laughter and Inspiration. I'll catch you next time. Where you live shouldn't limit your access to quality internet. That's not fair. U.S. Cellular introduces fast and fair high-speed internet. With reliable home internet from U.S. Cellular, now there's no limit to how you stream, game, and work. So instead of this, you get this. Upgrade to fast and fair high-speed internet from U.S. Cellular. Upgrade to fair. When you're a pro, you got to do a little bit of everything. A little. A little. And even a little... And it helps to have something that works as hard as you do. That's why Valspar has a paint for every job, every room, every time. Valspar. You make it happen, we make it possible. Pros, head to Lowe's today and talk to a pro rep about getting up to 10 free gallons of Valspar through a paint trial program. Exclusions apply. See ValsparPro.com for details.